one. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for another episode of the Gregory's Ministries podcast. We have our friend Tiago Borba, Pastor Tiago Borba from Campina Grande, uh, Brazil, and we're so excited for him to be joining us today. He's an awesome man of God, and so uh, Tiago, thank you so much for joining us. It, it's a blessing and an honor to have you here with us today. Thank you, Joshua. It's such a blessing for me, a pleasure to be here with you, with Tanner. It's so so good to talk about what God is doing about uh, around us and within us. So I, 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 I'm sure we'll have a great time together here. Absolutely. And you know, uh, you know, we had the, the honor to be able to visit the church that you're now pastor of and, and to visit the ministry at Verba de Vida while we were there in Brazil. But we just wanted to uh, be able to talk to you a little bit about today, about everything that you guys are doing. And, you know, I believe that it's truly important to God for discipleship to be such an important thing that we're focused on here in the earth. And so I wanted to just kind of ask you, you know, when we were there, I was really impressed by not only the the quantity of leaders that we had, but the quality of leaders that were there. There were so many people that looked, seemed that they were trained up um, by the ministry. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, what it was like for you personally to be trained up in the ministry and then kind of how you were given an opportunity to be, to be where you are today. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I attended Rama in 2000. Yeah, 2000. I was 16 that time. And two years later, after graduating, I'm, uh, I was in the minister school here for one year. And after that, God started to talk to me about minister. Uh, until that time, I didn't had, have any, any insight about preaching the word. I was in, in the praise and worship team here in, in the church. So uh, that, that was everything I thought I was doing and uh, for God for now on. But after ministry school, God started talk to, talking to me about preaching the word, teaching the word. And I start, started uh, studying about scatology and some things like that. And I had some great friends here in the ministry that, that was already teaching at Rema. And after talking to them about what God was talking to me about, uh, they start uh, talking to me how, how they started the world, how, how to start about scatology. And I, I talk about scatology because that subject, it, it caught my attention. And I, I, I knew the word of God, but was uh, from studying scatology that some, some things messed with me, uh, inside of me, and everything came to, 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 to a floor when, when God spoke to me about teaching the Word of God. And I started teaching scatology, started studying scatology, and from that, I was uh, amazed about everything God was uh, uh, everything that I, I started to see in the in the Word of God, 
and here in Campina Grande, uh, Pastor Bud all, uh, always talked about uh, how how we should study the Word and teach the Word of God. But he he evaluated every little starts, and some little starts came to me, and I I. I, I I, I, it's it, it's good for you. Are you understanding me, Carlos? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> that I spoke English so so many times. So you're doing really good. Very good. Okay, so uh, you you know Maneco. I don't know if you remember yes, him. Yes, yes. He, I I can say that he was a mentor to me. Something like yeah. that. He he started studying scatology with me. And he was one of the first teachers of this subject here, and I was following his steps, so close to him and uh, seeing and watching him studying and teaching, that was like a, a, a guidance to me. So if you talk about the discipleship, I, I can say to you that Maneco was my mentor. I, I can I I came to, to be his disciple and he taught a lot to me and even teaching the word I, I was teaching like him sometimes. People yeah. say, hey you, you look like Maneco teaching. And I say, well I, I don't do it by purpose, but I think it's a natural thing. You you start to imitate some things that you that you honor, that you 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 do some value to them. Absolutely. You know, and, and something that I realized there is it seems like in, in a lot of the churches that we went to there in Brazil, they weren't worried so much about the number of people that were in the church, but the spiritual maturity of the people that were there in the church. Um, you know, something that one of my minist uh, missions directors, Joe Dunnick here at Rama USA, he told us, he said, It's a lot easy. It's a lot more fun to catch the fish than to clean them. And so, you know, as an evangelist, you love having those numbers. You love seeing, you know, a thousand people got saved. But then whenever you, you get the people saved and born again, then it goes into the process of truly discipling them. And so I know that you're a pastor there at, at the church. And so I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about what that process is like for you guys whenever someone gets born again and then they start the process of becoming a true disciple of Jesus. What does that look like in terms of you guys training them and, and really uh, teaching them who they are in Christ? What does that look like for you guys? Awesome. Yeah, that's a, a great question. Uh, you see, we evaluate Rema here a lot. So every time someone comes to our church and they are born again, one of the first things we, we say to them, you, you, you got to go to, to Rema. You got to yeah. start first year. Uh, uh, I think attending Rema makes a great difference in, uh, in someone's life. Yeah. So in our church, uh, we, we always tell everyone to, who borns again, who, who, who comes to our church, they get to, to attend Rema, to go to Rema. And we have some other programs for, for them also, like uh, this discipleship program we have here. 
everyone who, who comes to be a member of the church, not, not only an attendance, to, to be an attending of, of the church, but a member. They have to be in the discipleship program. They have to, to be involved in any department of the church also. I think ha having a leadership over him, having someone who can uh, uh, share the word with them and not, not only sharing the word, but guiding and, and uh, being with them, knowing if they are going to the church, when they are going to the church, how, how they are. Because there are so many people in the church. The pastor can't, can't do this by himself alone. We have yeah. to be lots of leaders, different leaders. And I think the different departments of the church are great teams and great groups that can uh, group this kind of people to be, uh, uh, to have a leadership over them. You know, it's different in the church. I always tell this, this kind of joke to the people. In the children department, when, when the children are on their classrooms, they, they are separated in different classrooms by age. In the church, we don't have this kind of privilege. We have every, everyone from different spiritual ages, and we have to teach them the same word, the same way. So we have to have different ways to catch that kind of people yeah, not only on the service, but during the other prog programs of the church also. Yeah. And Taylor, did you have something you wanted to share? Yeah, you know, we were talking about discipleship and disciples. And it, it, of course, it makes me think of what Jesus said to the disciples. And it's in Matthew chapter 28. Um, and it says, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and, to make, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I love what it says here, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so that's a, a huge part of discipleship that you're talking about there. You know, the process um, that they go through when they get in the church is teaching them to observe all that Jesus commanded. Sorry, I, I, I lost the, that, that last part you said. Can you repeat that last part you said, Tanner? Saying was, um, you know, Jesus said to go make disciples of all nations. And the last thing he says in that verse is teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And so that's a, a huge part of discipleship, you know, is, is teaching those, those new church members, those new fish, as you will, to observe what Jesus has commanded them to do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, Tanner. I think when we talk about discipleship, we have to, to, we have, to have in mind that we, we got to be together with someone who is more mature, than ourselves yeah. we have to be closer to someone that ha has been in, in this in the, in the in the church for more time than we had and knows the world more than ourselves if we we can we can't do it by ourselves we can't grow up 
all by ourselves alone. We have to come close to other people, to other Christians who, who have been in this way for longer than, than, our, than we, we had. So like, like what I talked to Maneco, you, you have to find your Maneco, you have to find uh, uh, one leader, one pastor, someone that you can honor, admire, and learn from him or from her. Someone who can teach you what he already has learned from God. Yeah. And, you know, something that seemed like, it seems like there's a culture there at Brazil in Verba de Vida of just training leadership. Um, because it seems like you guys, how many churches are there now, Tiago? Do you know how many churches there are? Uh, last count was around 408. So the church is expanding incredibly at a huge rate there. And that can't happen unless there is great leadership in place. And so I believe that there at Verba de Vida in Brazil, there's a, a great culture of just, uh, you know, developing leaders. And how do you think that was started? Was that started, you know, through Pastor Bud? Or, or how did you guys kind of create that culture of developing leaders there? Pastor Bud started that. He yeah. always talked about that, like, uh, well, this is not a one-star minister. He, he used to say that. We, we are not a one-star minister. We are a con constellation. You, you say like that when you have mm -hmm. lots of stars. So he, he always developed that idea in our minds, not to be the one who, who calls attention to you only, but to have a great team, great people who can teach the word, preach the word, even better than yourselves. That's what he, he was always talking about. I have people here, he used to say, I have people here who teach better than me, who preach better than me. And he was not, he, he, he didn't get jealous about that. No, he, he just started enjoying developing people, enjoying having people uh, to, to be better than him and better than Jane also. And I, I think that same, that same mind, that same teaching passed through us. And now people are developing, developing other ministers. They are teaching others to be better than themselves. And I think that's the, the, the heart that Pastor Bud taught to us. And now we are trying to share it with other people, other people too. Yeah, and you know, uh, you know, to be able to grow to that many churches is just an awesome thing. And so I know you guys, a lot of places you'll go, um, whenever you start a church, there'll also be a school there because it's believed that the school is so important to be able to develop people. And I believe that the school is also discipling people and also discipling ministers and helping them kind of grow. But, you know, something for you personally Whenever I know you started out in music, but did, was there someone specific that maybe saw your gifting or saw something within you uh, before maybe even saw it within yourself that kind of encouraged you and kind of just let us know what that was like and also how you've passed it on to other people as well? Yeah, the, the first one was Maneco to me. Yeah. Maneco saw a teacher in me that I, I didn't see yet already. 
So he saw a teacher, someone who could, could teach the word of God. I was only the, the praise and worship guy. I was only the guy who was curious about scatology, but he was a potential teacher in me that I haven't, haven't seen until that time. And I, I didn't see myself as a pastor also. I, I've never seen myself in that minister, in that office. Guto recently saw that in me, even before me. So yeah. I, I had this great man of God that saw me as someone that I haven't seen me as before. So thank God for this great yeah. man that can see things that we cannot see. And I wanted to ask you about that because maybe you, you didn't see yourself as a pastor, but you were given this opportunity and Gutu, you know, presented this to you. What was that like for you kind of accepting that maybe this isn't what I feel like I'm supposed to do or, or what I feel naturally called to do, but God's putting me in this position. What was that like for you, that transition process? Well, that was a great challenge to me. Great <laughs> challenge. Well, uh, uh, it, was, it wasn't something strange at all because it was my church. I, I, I'm in that church since I was yeah. eight years old. So uh, it, it's my home. It's my house. It's nothing different from what I'm used to, but I've never seen myself as the pastor, the, the, the leader of the church. And uh, three years ago, I had an experience pastoring one church for nine months in another city, in Bauru, in, in the country land of Sao Paulo, here in Brazil. I spent nine months there being a pastor for uh, a specific necessity, necessity they had. But I came back to Campina Grande and uh, to talk to me, hey, we have to, to help Pastor João in the church. Uh, uh, he needs some help in, uh, in managing the church. And I'm thinking about putting you as a manager in the church. So uh, I started there. Uh, administration and something like that. I spent almost two years managing the, the church in the backstage, in, in, not, not as a pastor, but in the finance, in, in managing the leaders, some departments, but uh, the pastor still was Pastor João. And after one year and a half like that, good to talk to me about uh, becoming the, the the main pastor, and I was oh my god, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not a pastor. Well, I, I always thought I was a teacher, at at least since Maneco told me that. <laughs> so I, yeah. I I thought, well, I, I'm a teacher. I'm not a pastor. But he says, well, I, I need a pastor, and I think you are a great pastor to that church. So, uh, what do you say? Can you can you get that challenge? I said, I said, well, if God planted me in the very Buddha Vida ministry, uh, uh, doing the, the will of God is doing your will, I said it to Gutu. So if you say, I will be here in the church, I will be the pastor. So I say, I will, the, I will be the pastor. And that, that's how it happened. <laughs> you know, and there's probably some people that are, struggling maybe with their calling what they've maybe been asked to do but they don't necessarily feel like they're they're ready or they're equipped 
So somebody who who is being called into a certain position, much like you were to be a pastor, but don't feel like they're equipped, what would be some type of encouragement or something you would say to them just to, to kind of get them feeling like they, they have what it takes? I would say to them, you have to start from somewhere. You have to start for, 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 for uh, even if you don't feel you are called to that kind of minister, it's not a sin to, to experience a different minister for some specific time. Uh, Brother Hagen talked about that a lot uh, when he, he says he was a prophet and a teacher, but he started as a pastor. Yeah. I, I think he, he got, got used at that time for training him, for getting him experience that he needed to, do, to have in later times. And I think uh, you, you have to start somewhere. So start for the door, start in the door that God is open to you right now. And trust your leadership, trust your pastor, trust your leader. Uh, if God guided you to be under that man of God, so what he says to you will be the will of God for that moment. If God guides you to go to another, another place, so go to another place. But if that leader tells you what to do and you, you believe that God is talking to you about obeying him, about being under that man of God, so do what he, he, he says you to do. Uh, I think it's a, a trust issue. You have yeah. to trust your leadership. You have to trust God that he, he, he didn't, he didn't, uh, he didn't was, sorry, he wasn't uh, caught by surprise when that yeah. leader uh, came to you with that decision. Oh, God. And God said, my God, my God. God said, well, <laughs> what he's doing, he, was, he wasn't supposed to do that. No, God knows everything. God yeah. knew what the, your leader was going to tell you even before you came and, and, and stayed under him. So, if you, you have a leadership, trust that leadership as you trust God for that. Some, someone asked Jesus, Jesus, what, what do I have to do to do the will of God? And he said, believe in the, in the ones that God sent. Uh, believe in the one that God sent to you. So he was talking about himself, but I believe we can apply that to ourselves also. We have to believe in the men of God, in the, in the women of God that put, God puts uh, over us. That's really good. You know, I love to hear kind of where you started and, and where God has brought you to. And, you know, a lot of us, when we're praying out the plan of God for our life, we, we see the end goal. We see the place that we're going to be, but we don't see all those small steps. And, you know, what you're talking about is, is the submission, the, the trust in God that if I'm going to do what you've called me to do, I got to trust those that are over me. They'll, they'll make the decision because ultimately, God, you're making this decision for my life. You know, my dad had a similar story. Him and my mom, they, they moved to, uh, back to Oklahoma, back to Ramah, and just volunteered in the church. They didn't even have a, a, a position of, you know, of ministry or anything like that. They just moved to, because they knew God had told them to be there. And little by little, step by step, eventually they got to the place that they are now.
but it's, it's the same story for you. You did what God told you to do in that season. Then something else came and you said yes. And then something else came. And I believe that's kind of the, the call that, or the, the plan that God has for us is, is those small yeses along the way get you to where he's the plan that he's got for you. That's true. O obedience steps, right? Yes. You do each step at a time and you are going in the direction that God is pointing to you. I think one, one great shoe that some people got, get trouble nowadays is that they, 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 they think, well, I have to, to, to be very confident in, in my minister. What, what's my calling? Am, am I a pastor? Am I a teacher? Well, I, I say to, to the people, especially to the young ones, you don't, know, you don't need to know for sure what you're calling. You just need to know for sure that you are doing the will of God. Yeah. And the calling will be just a, a, a result of everything you are doing to God. Sometimes you might, you might limit yourself. Oh, well, I'm a this, so I can't do that. When yeah. God's asking you to yeah. do it. Yeah. And something uh, to, you know, whenever your leaders are asking you to do something, you believe that God puts you in that position. So those leaders, you know, at the, ultimately it kind of uh, falls on them. So you, I sometimes, you know, I had some leaders that asked me to do some things that I didn't feel ready or equipped to do, but I just said, God, you spoke to them. They said that I'm to do this. And so I believe since you've instructed them that I'm going to have the grace to do it. So there's sometimes we don't feel naturally equipped, but there's a supernatural grace for us to do what our leadership is asking us to do. And so there's some, some people that may be listening that are just part of a local church and, uh, you know, maybe their pastor or, or maybe there's just a need that needs to be met and they see it. But if you'll just step into it, you know, it may not be ultimately where you end up in your final destination, but it may be a step. Uh, that God's using to get you to where you're going to be. Yeah, that's true. That's true, man. Believe in our leadership. You know, uh, 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 I'll tell you a, a secret. By myself, I, I, I would say, well, I, I could never be the pastor of that church. Yeah. It's a big church. It's not a new church. We, we are celebrating 29 years this yeah. year. So, Lots of people with lots of histories. And uh, I would say, I, I could never be the pastor by myself. But thank God, I have Gutu. I have a leader who, is, who has more experience than I have. So I, I, I always say it to him, well, I'm not the main pastor. I am just your assistant pastor. <laughs> and he, he laughs about that. But it, it's true about that because uh, I had no experience to be alone in this kind of ministry. Okay. And now uh, I just say to Guto, well, I, I will go wherever I think I can, but anytime I have some doubts, anytime, anytime I, 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 found, I find some challenge that I'm not seeing myself able to go through, I come to you, I, yeah. I ask Guto, I, have, I, I get some advice from him, and that's safe for me. That's, that's really safe. 
And I think the, the safest place you can be is under an experienced man of God, an mature, mature man of God. Yeah, and I think it's great to be under someone that you've seen fruit from. Someone that not only talks about the Word of God, not somebody that just talks about things they've done, but you can actually see evidence of the things that they've produced. And so when we submit ourselves to someone that's producing fruit, we can trust that, you know, if they give us an instruction that we can submit to that and expect that the fruit that's in their life will also be produced in our life as well. And so I know that, you know, Maneko was someone that inspired you and you know, there's some people that may be listening that don't have someone that maybe believes in them in them the way that Maneko believed in you. So what's something that maybe you would say to them that they don't feel like they don't have anybody pulling them up to the next level? What's something that maybe you would say to them to encourage them that they can do it as well? Well, keep doing what God put in your heart. If God says to keep doing that, if God says to stay in that same church, be uh, doing that same thing, keep doing that. Do not give up because you are not seeing any changes or not seeing anyone who, who, who are uh, watching you. No, God is watching you and sometimes people are watching you and you are not even noticing. So yeah. keep doing what God tells you to do, do not give up unless he tells you to give up. We, 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 sometimes if we are in a, in, a, in a cliff and God says to come, come behind, go behind, go, go in a step back, it's, it's a safe place for us in, in some yeah. time. So if God tells you to get a step back, if God tells you, you should do that. But if God doesn't tell you, keep going on. Keep going on and things will happen in, in, in the time that God has, has planned to do. You disappear on us, Tanner? <laughs> you there? Right. Walking with God, and so I had to... Yeah. <laughs> Man, and you know, something that Thank God uh, wasn't directed. Was... Yeah, it wasn't. I'm but, here. But Tanner, do you have something that you wanted to share along those lines? Yeah, Tiago, I was I kind of had a question for you. You know, if someone is in a position of leadership where they've got people beneath them, what would you tell that leader on how to develop those underneath them? How can they believe in them? How can they give them opportunity? Things along those lines. Yeah, opportunity, that's a, a great word. Uh, when, when we talk about, uh, for example, our church here, we have one church, one pulpit, but lots of people to have opportunities. So people are looking for opportunities to preach, to teach the word, to be in the pulpit, to be in, in the calling. And as a pastor, I get very limited from what I can offer to them in my main pulpit. So as a leader, what, what, what do I have to do? I have to look for opportunities for these people, to create opportunities for them, to sometimes invent, sometimes to, to be creative about what, where can I put them 
to be productive to the, the reign of God, to the kingdom of God. So uh, uh, sometimes I have to, to start a new department, uh, a new meetings. Sometimes I have to, to ask people in other church for opportunities for my people. And th that's ways we have to, to do, to, to get people working in, in any place. But as a leader, that's a great challenge to, to, to uh, find opportunity to everyone. You have to get people close to you. You have to, to uh, be with them, to, to, to teach them, to guide them. But they have to, to have that, that own experience. They have to have their own opportunities. So uh, as a leader, it's a great challenge to, to look for these opportunities for them. And, you know, something I was thinking about as well is, you know, besides uh, finding opportunities for them, but how do you specifically, you know, in a large church, it can be a challenge to know every single person in the church. So I know you guys have a great team of people that are working there, but how do you recognize, uh, you know, specific giftings in people? Do you guys uh, have kind of leaders of a certain department that are always looking for someone who, who's ready to get involved in a certain area? But, you know, I know, you know, personally, I'm someone who would naturally just kind of go into the background. And but if it wasn't for someone coming and saying, you know, I believe you're you're called to this area or I believe you'd be great in this area. So do you guys have uh, people or team leaders that kind of look for people that it would be good in a certain area of the ministry? Yeah, we always tell to every team leader, look for the people you are leading, look for the, your team for like a. Uh, 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 treasure hunter right? yeah you know that they are hunting for treasures for for people with skills for people who, who demonstrate that they have some callings and whenever they they find someone like that they come to me and say hey i was i was looking for that guy or i was looking for that girl and i think that we can train them i think we can keep them closer to us. We have a, a, a team called uh, Ministering Qualifying. Ministry Qualifying, that we, we put these kind of people together and we have some meetings once or two times each month talking about minister, uh, teaching them uh, how to teach the word, how to preach the word, how to behave in the church and creating some opportunities for them to, to start their experience. So we are always hunting people like that in the church. That's amazing. You know, and, and Tanner, there's probably been opportunities for you like that as well, where people probably reached into your life and saw some things. But did you have something you'd like to share about that? Cutting out on me, so I didn't quite, didn't quite hear it, but we can just keep going. Yeah, go ahead. I was just talking about, you know, there's probably areas of your life that were, were like that, where maybe somebody saw some, some qualities in you that maybe you didn't see, but it helped you step into the, what God had called you to do. 
Absolutely. I remember the very first time I was ever asked to share a testimony. It was, Josh, you were there. I was 16 years old and it was just a, a few minutes I was asked to share just the word of God. And I was so scared. I said, oh, I can't do this. Can you find someone else, please? I can't, I can't share the gospel. I can't do that. And it was in front of, you know, a, a small group of children but I was just beyond, there's no way possible I can do this. But, you know, somebody saw something in me that I was supposed to do. And, you know, even though I was scared, I, I said, you know what, I'm going to take that step. I'll do it. And so I, I overcame my fears and did it by the grace of God. But that was something that God used to launch me into the call that I have on my life. And I think there's a you know, there's many instances I can look back on and say, oh, I, I don't want to do this. I, I don't want to lead this group or I don't want to go do this. I don't want to go do that. But I can look back and say, thank, thank you, Father, for, for letting me do that because it's, it's brought me to the place where I am today. Yeah. And something that I would encourage people to do is when those, uh, you know, like Tiago was saying, there's, there are leaders that are looking to give you opportunity but when that opportunity comes, be faithful to say yes to it. Uh, don't turn it down. Don't say no, because God is working through your leaders to give you an opportunity to step into a, a higher calling and to what he's called you ultimately to do. So if God's given you an opportunity, we just encourage you today to say yes to it, even if you don't feel equipped, even if you don't feel like you're ready. If you'll say yes, the grace that, that God has provided for you will be made available and will become a reality to your life. And so, man, we're, we're just or, thankful even, for the grace of God. Or even if it wasn't the opportunity you was looking for. Yeah. Some, sometimes people say, well, that, that, that wasn't what I, was looking, what I was looking for. It's too small for me. Well, that's yeah. nothing too small. You have to, you have to be, you have to, to enter in that kind of door that God is open. Absolutely. You know, there was a time, um, you know, it was at the prayer and healing school. I know you guys have that there in Brazil, but we had it here in the U.S. and God presented the opportunity for me to sing in that group. And I didn't want to do it. And it took me several months to, to say yes to do it. But, you know, once I said yes to that, I saw that doing that actually equipped me to do things down the road things that would happen in the future. So things you may think uh, aren't something you necessarily need to do now are things that God's trying to equip you for later in the future as well. Yeah, that's true, man. Thank God. Moore has a definition that he always says um, about available. Keith Moore, he says, available is present and ready for immediate use. Yeah. <laughs> I love awesome. that. Ready for immediate use. And so that if we want to be available to, for God to use us, which we would all say, yes, I want God to use me. We need to be there. We need to be present and just ready to be used. The problem is sometimes we get some expectations in what God's calling us. Well, what will be the, 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 next, the next calling, the next opportunity? And sometimes the opportunity comes, but wasn't what was what we were expecting for. Yeah. And we, and we we can get frustrated, or we can be be ready 
and, and say, well, if that's the door that God, that God is opening, I'm going through that. If that, that's yeah. what my leader needs me to, I'm going through that. You have to trust your leader and, you have to, and your leader has to trust you too. So if he gives you a mission and you are not up to that mission, uh, you have some trust issues, to, to, uh, some trust problems after that with him. Yeah, and, you know, Tanner and I, you know, as we've led some missions group around, uh, you know, in Africa and Guatemala, there were some opportunities we gave to people and they were very reluctant to do it. We would maybe, uh, you know, tell them, you know, you're going to preach tonight and you would see them and they would just have so much fear on their face. But then they would just say yes. And then they would get up and it would be so anointed. It would be full of the power of God. And so sometimes, you know, I just encourage people, you know, if you see something in somebody, give them an opportunity because, uh, and then encourage them in it because as they say yes to it, they're going to step into it and, and recognize things in themselves that maybe they didn't see before. I'm sure, you know, Tiago, uh, whenever Gutu said you're going to be the pastor, you didn't feel like it, but you said yes. And then when you did it, you recognized some qualities of a pastor in yourself that maybe you didn't recognize before you said yes. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm almost convinced now that I'm a pastor. Almost. <laughs> almost. Just it's a little more time and you'll be there, right? Yeah, I'm trusting God for that. Yeah. So, you know, anybody that's listening, you know, I believe that God has an, an amazing call in your life. I believe that God's going to be presenting opportunities to you. But the greatest thing that any of us probably here could tell you is just say yes to it and then just start taking a step towards it, even if it's not what you expected, if it's not what you imagined it looked like. If you'll take a step and, and say yes to it, God's going to bring forth some amazing things. But, Tanner, did you have anything? Yeah, just I, I keep hearing again the as a leader, as somebody that has a position of leadership, believe in others. Present yeah. those opportunities to them. Develop those around you because, you know, ultimately – we're on this earth to leave a legacy and yeah. we're, we're, we're here to help build other people. And so Tiago, you said it earlier. We're not, this is not a one star show. There's, yeah. there's many stars and, and that's what it's all about is developing those around us um, being that helping hand, being ready when our leadership calls on us to, to do what is asked and ultimately just bring the kingdom of God to this earth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. If God said, said to you, follow that man, follow that woman of God. So trust whatever he says and go through that. Go on. You know, this is, this is discipleship. People yeah. think that discipleship is only when you are born again. But even now, as a pastor of a 2,000 people church, I have to be under someone. I'm, I'm still in discipleship. I'm still learning. And I have to have someone who teaches me what I don't know yet. Yeah. Man, well, well, Tiago, we want to just thank you so much for joining us. I know that you guys, we're, we're so blessed to have been able to spend a little bit of time with you there in Brazil. And we know that you guys are making a tremendous impact, not only in Brazil, but around the world. And we, so, we just want to thank you so much for joining us, for giving us some time today. And we just speak blessings over you and your church. And we know that 
you're just growing and continuing to to accept your calling as a pastor and uh, your church is blessed because of it. But Tiago, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you, Tanner. Also, such a blessing to be here with you. And I'm looking forward to have you both here in Brazil at end time soon. Yes, we're excited to come back. And thank you so much. And we hope to see you here in America again soon. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right, Jago. Thank you so much, brother. We appreciate you. Have a great day. Thank you.